With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I hope you had a great fourth. We are doing our open form Wednesday. You know the routine? You raise your hand and I will put you right on and we can talk about whatever you want. I will be on YouTube a little bit later this evening at nine o'clock. Uh, Ryan and Sacktown will join me as well as uh, we talk a little bit of everything, including uh, the finale of NBA Summer League, Sacramento and Miami before they hit the real Summer League uh, in Las Vegas. So that is coming up uh, tonight. At 9 o'clock over on YouTube, if you don't like that. Again, NBA Summer League. You know, listen, it's, uh, I guess it's, <laughs> I, I want to be careful how I say this because, you know, the NBA does a phenomenal job in putting on their Summer League in Las Vegas. But the trend recently has been all the more key guys, and those are your top draft picks who, the vast majority of people flock to Vegas to see are playing less and less and less each and every summer. You know, they go out and play, then they play maybe one more game, and then they're shut down. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, uh, you're at NBA Summer League and you're watching very few players who are going to end up playing in the NBA during the regular season. Now, for the California Classic, you know, it's been a great idea. It's been a really big success. And I can just tell you from doing a couple of years of announcing those games at the California Summer League, I always found it to be interesting because I, I tell the story of, you know, watching Tyler Hero play as a rookie, uh, watching Duncan Robinson play as a rookie, and those guys stand out. But it just seems like now in summer league, you know, your top draft picks are playing less and less and less. So everybody wants to see Victor Wembanyama, but he's going to play very sparingly. It looks like Chet Holmgren uh, was good to see him on the court in the Salt Lake summer league. So again, now uh, after tonight, they will all switch to Vegas. I would doubt that Victor Wembanyama will play much, but, you know, it's going to be big-time news for the NBA, and all eyes will be on the kid, and yet it means nothing. I mean, it means absolutely nothing. Now, it will mean something if he goes out and bombs, but if you're a top draft pick, I don't care if you're 18, 19, 20, it doesn't matter to me, Okay. You better look good in summer league. You know, if you're a top draft pick, you better look good in summer league. And if you don't look good in summer league going against non-NBA talent, then I'm telling you, teams go, uh-oh, been there, seen it. You better be good. You better look like you belong. People better be talking about you. They better not be saying, gee, this guy looked terrible. Uh-uh. Now, if you're a high draft pick in the NBA and you're in the summer league, and you don't stand out, and you don't have a lot of bright spots, then, oh boy, you know, that's not good. That is not good at all. All right, if you want to get in on the program again, let me hear from you. It's Open Forum Wednesday, and again, be sure and join us uh, tonight over on YouTube uh, if you don't like that at 9 o'clock. I did my rant today 
on Stephen A. Smith. And since this is an open forum Wednesday, the title of my rant was Stephen A. King of Double Standards. And I just don't understand why our country seems to be so damn caught up with everything having to do with race. And I think Stephen A. is at the top of the list here. Okay? I, I just think he brings it up way too often. And I thought that on his podcast recently was another example. Okay? So you can listen to my rant today and uh, check it out. All right? Again, the, the, he said, a quote, I told you before, when white folks catch a cold, black folks catch pneumonia. You know, he ought to look in the mirror. All right? He ought to look in the mirror. That, that would be the first thing I would suggest that he do. All right? That's ridiculous. All right. If you want to get in on the program, do so. All right? Do so. Raise your hand, and we will be very happy to put you on. All right? You know, I got a couple of comments on my rant today that I didn't listen to his whole podcast. I didn't listen to my whole podcast. That's correct. Absolutely. Um, I listened to part of what he had to say. And the messaging from him is just unfortunately too often, you know, about race. Coaches fired, players not re-signed. You know, we got we got to move on from that at some point. That's what I, that's the point I'm trying to make. We got to move on. All right, let's get to Jerry. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? Thank you for uh, taking Good. my poll. Yeah, thank you. Good to hear from you. Hey, Grant. Hey, grab a couple things. First, uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, you were dead on about the man needs to look into the mirror. And Grant, do you think that Stephen A. Smith came out and said this because uh, that he does not want to be fired from ESPN because he's just throwing stuff out there just, just to make sure that he does not get fired? Uh, he's not going to get fired. I mean, he would have to do something very egregious to lose his job. I mean, he does move the needle at ESPN. He's their top personality for many decades. It was Chris Berman. And now Stephen A moves the needle. So, I mean, could he get fired? Yeah, he could, but it would be highly unlikely because he moves the needle and personalities that move the needle normally have much more longevity. So I cannot see him getting fired. I think he would have to do something, you know, unbelievably egregious either in his personal life or on the air for that to happen. You know, Grant, you said this morning that, you know, if it was a white person saying this, they would no longer have a job. I don't understand how ESPN can be so blind and just let this man say whatever he has to say, year in, year out, and nothing ever happens. I don't understand it, Grant. Well, again, that's why I put the headline, Stephen A is the king of double standards. Really, <laughs> ESPN is the king of double standards. I mean, you can look at many of their personalities and the rules do not apply to all of the people at ESPN. I mean, we, we've, we've given you on this forum and on my podcast example after example after example after example. And it's really not debatable. I mean, it's right there uh, in black and white, no pun intended, but it really is. It's, right. it's, there's no gray area here. So, I mean, it's, that's really not debatable about what ESPN has turned into. And I really believe that's part of the reason, Jerry, why ESPN has had so many layoffs because, you know, there aren't as many people that are tuning in the ESPN now. And I think a lot of people are just disgusted with their woke political nonsense and their double standards. And I think people will turn in the ESPN to watch a live event, but in terms of a lot of their programming, I don't think like ESPN sports center, I, I think that's really been, uh, I think that's suffered uh, because of the politics within the walls. Uh, at ESPN. And there have been former employees that have come out and talked about this and admitted such, you know, that it's like you're walking around with, you know, locks on your hands. 
And, you know, Grant, I don't know about you, Grant, but um, I was really uh, sad to hear that Jeff Van Gundy lost his job. I don't know about you, Grant, but I'm a Jeff Van Gundy fan, Grant. You know, the man says what he has to say and he doesn't care. And I mean, I, I just you know what. Do you think it was something like that, Grant, that maybe cost that man his job? Uh, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, the other day I did a podcast on this. Actually, it was yesterday. And I, in my podcast, played a soundbite from uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. And he feels that the Van Gundy firing came directly from Adam Silver in the league office. And I can't disagree with Chris. There is no explanation. There is no rhyme or reason. It does not make sense why Jeff Van Gundy would be removed from the telecast because of financial restraints. That's a bunch of nonsense. Van Gundy is top shelf. He's A+. plus. Right. He, Jackson, and Breen make a great team. Uh, he's well-respected. Uh, he does say what's on his mind. And I know the NBA doesn't like that. He's not afraid to criticize. He's not afraid to rip the officials. He's not, you know, and I, I think Chris is spot on. Uh, Chris came out and said it, and I – I can't really disagree with Chris. I think he's probably spot on that this came from the commissioner's office. And Grant, let me ask you, uh, you know, just a couple more things. Grant, do you think that all these players that are getting these big dollars that they're getting now, you think that they all, all have to thank uh, the late commissioner, David Stern, about the money that they're getting now? No, no. I think it's a progression in all of society and all of sports. I mean, David Stern was a, a tremendous commissioner, but no, I mean, the NBA is a popular sport. Um, yes, it succeeded greatly during David Stern's era and became a global entity, but no, I mean, I think the players as a whole um, should really be thanking the TV contracts that overpay by millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to Televise the games. That's who they really ought to be thanking. They ought to be thanking the TV networks, right. TNT and ESPN, that pay a ridiculous amount of money, which basically is the reason why they make so much money. And Grant, when did Adam Silver get the power to uh, to have people being fired? Then you know, and then uh, they're working for a network. When did he get the power to do that, Grant? Well, first of all, we, we don't know that he did that. Uh, Chris well, yeah, made the I'm point, saying. and I'm agreeing. So we don't we don't know whether that is factual or not. The reality is uh, commissioners of sports have a lot of power, and most of the things that they do, you never hear about. It goes on behind scenes. So, uh, you know, the commissioner has uh, an immense amount of power. The commissioner can make one phone call to any team in a league about any individual and can affect that person's career. So trust me, the commissioner has an incredible amount of power. And Grant, do you know if Jeff Van Gundy said anything toward the commissioner uh, for him to warrant uh, him being fired? I mean, uh, not to not to the best of my knowledge. Okay. And Grant, I got one more thing for you, Grant. Um, has there ever been a player that played in the summer league that struggled really bad but ended up playing uh, being a good player in the NBA? Yeah, there have been. Uh, there's also exam, and I can't name them off the top of my head, but yes, there are players that have. Uh, not played well in summer league and then turn out to be, you know, very good. That is a rarity. Uh, I would say those players are very much in the minority, Jerry. But yes, it has happened. And I, I hate to tell you that off the top of my head, I can't really, you know, think of well, one. Okay, but there, but there, okay. there are there, and there are. And I've, you know, over the years, I've noticed that. But my, my experience is, generally speaking, a, a lottery pick that does not play well in summer league generally does not have a good NBA career. Grant, most of uh, most, most of the high lottery picks, Jerry, mm -hmm. you notice in summer league and you think, okay, that player is going to be pretty good. Not always. I mean, the Kings know that full well. I mean, I've given many examples of, you know, lottery picks for the Sacramento Kings that went to summer league mm -hmm. and didn't set the world on fire. And Grant, you know, you know, that was my next point. You said one time, and I forgot who brought this up to you, that Thomas Robinson and uh, a person told you that this guy's not going to be good. Uh, do you remember? Yeah, Bobby told Jackson told me that. Bobby, yeah, Jackson. Bobby Jackson. Okay. Before, and then before Bobby, the first summer league game. Yeah. And and so that was the first couple of games when he was playing until Bobby knew that he wasn't was even the first game. game. It wasn't even. There were no games that had been played. It was only based on a couple of practices. But and 
it was based on it was based on practices. They, they hadn't even played a game in Vegas yet. They were in Vegas, and I talked to Bobby in Vegas. But uh, yeah, that's what he told me. But Grant, yep. how's that? But Grant, how's that even possible? Like when they go out there to do the workouts? I mean, they didn't have scouts. Oh, it's possible. The, oh, it's possible. Oh, okay. Oh, it well, happens. It happens in the NFL. I've talked to NFL players about this as well. I talked to you know established NFL players. I said, let me ask you something. I said, when you're when you're in training camp. And you have a high draft pick. Can you tell quickly if this player doesn't have what it takes and it's not going to have a successful career and in some instances be a bust? And almost all of them answer yes. Wow. They know. Wow. It, it really doesn't take long. It, it really does not take long. Now, there are exceptions to everything. But you know. You know. I, I've been, you know, in 32 years of, doing the Kings and going to training camp and going to practice, you know, that's why I always thought Marvin Bagley was going to be really good. Cause I will say one thing about Marvin Bagley. He always played really well in practice. I mean, you look at Marvin Bagley in practice and you're like, wow, okay, this guy's got it. He's going to be really good. And it never carried over in the game. So, I mean, it goes both ways. You know, Jim Les, for instance, when he played with the Kings in the nineties, mm -hmm. Well, we, we, we would make fun of him in a, in a kind way. We, we love Jim Les, but we would say right. your first team, all NBA practice squad, because he would kick every, <laughs> no, he would, he would kick everyone's oh, ass in practice. No, oh. I'm serious. He would, he would be the star in every practice. He literally would look like the best player on the floor almost every single day in practice, but you know, it didn't carry over in the games. Right. Now he had a nice NBA career. I don't want to take that away from him, but yes. you know, he didn't play in the games the way he played in practice. It's just, you know, you, you see all kinds of things when you cover professional sports, you see players of my experience with young players that did not make it or had very slow starts to their career was based on entitlement. You know, okay. they came in as the big man on campus and think just because they're an NBA lottery pick that they're going to be the big man on campus you know, at their particular team in the city they're playing on. And they, 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 it, for some, it takes quite a while for it to kick in. They come in, they think, oh, you know, I'm so-and-so. I right. was the fifth player in the draft. I was this, I was an All-American at this school. And, you know, I know what I'm doing and no one can tell me what to do. And those are the players that I've found more times than not really don't make it into the league. And entitlement has been a real big issue for the NBA over the last many years with the one and dones. Some some guys get it, some guys don't. Demarcus Cousins had a horrible case of entitlement, and I believe it completely uh, changed his career for the worse, not the better. And then there were certain guys that come in, like oh, well Isaiah Thomas, even though he was the 60th player taken on the draft, right. he didn't even know what the word entitlement meant. He fought and clawed for everything he had, ended up being an all star in the league. So. You know, it, it goes both ways. You know, it goes both ways. Grant, one more thing about DeMarcus. Do you think uh, when he first came to Sacramento, you know, the Kings put a big old billboard up there, this and that. You think if the Kings would have resigned him, Grant, before he went to the uh, Pelicans, you think that would have been a disaster for, uh, you know, the Kings? With a, with a capital D. Okay. It would have been a disaster with a capital D. Yes, and, would have been a Grant, disaster. And Grant, I was looking at the San Antonio Spurs pit, Grant. You know what? Uh, I mean, I've seen some of his workouts. The man looks so small, Grant. How do you think he's going to do with the NBA other big guys? It's going to be it's going to be a struggle for a while. I mean, but that's true of most young bigs that come in to the league. They are not physically mature enough to play at the level they need to be for, right. you know, three or four years. I noticed Chet Holmgren you know, has put on about 15 pounds in the last year. Okay. So, you know, that's part of the evolution of a player in the NBA. I mean, eight, there, there have been very few players in the history of the league that have come in to the league with an NBA body as a teenager. There are some, Amari Stoudemire did, LeBron James did, but many others like Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was a toothpick when he came into the league. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 no, I'm serious. He was. Okay. And so it's just, you know, again, it's part of the process. There's, Teams don't expect, you know, 18 and 19 year old bigs to come in and dominate. They know they're not right. going to. They understand that it's going to take a couple of years. And the biggest issue is maybe not ability. It's more physical. They're not physically ready to play in the NBA for the most part. Again, there are exceptions like Amari Stoudemire was an right. exception. 
Moses Malone was an exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, LeBron James had an NBA type body, you know, when he came into the league at 18, but those, those, those are very rare right. examples that does not happen very often. And Grant, one more thing, Grant, I'm sorry to take up so much time. Um, Grant, uh, Marvin Bagley, do you think if the man did not get hurt so much and the man would gain a little bit more weight, do you think he would have been a good NBA player? Or uh, I'm not saying that he's not, Grant, I'm just saying. Well, I do believe that injuries in his tenure in Sacramento held him back uh, significantly. I, I don't think there's any question about that. How much better would he have been? I, I don't, you know, I don't have a crystal ball any more than right. you do. But clearly, the injuries, and I think his father was a real detriment to his lack of success in Sacramento. I thought that his father could not have handled the situation any worse than he did via social media. So there were there were other factors that held him back. There's no question about that. Okay. Well, Grant, thank you for taking my call. You know, let you get back to your other callers. I don't want to take any more of your time, sir. But thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, let's move along. We say hello to Patrick in New York. Hey, Patrick. Hey, how you doing, Grant? I'm good, Patrick. What's going on? Oh, that's good. Hey, Jerry doesn't take up too much time. I enjoy listening to him, you know, so. Thank you. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say something about uh, Stephen A. Smith. I mean, it's not even a, it's not even a race thing with me. It's a, it's a stick. I'm, I'm tired of it, you know? Yeah, well, that's what he gets paid for. He gets paid $12 million a year. And uh, that's, you know, he moves the needle at ESPN and guys that move the needle make a lot of money and they generally are able to overcome pitfalls and making stupid comments and he moves the needle and he's, I I don't see him, you know, losing his job uh, as part of the ESPN layoffs that I don't see. He moves the needle. I mean, I'm even talking about him right now. And I, (laughs) I mean, um, the only thing I would say about Stephen A is, is like, I just, you know, being a Knicks fan, um, I remember when he came up like 20 years ago when he used to report with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, I used to think he was like AI's flunky, you know, Allen Iverson. And uh, I don't ever recall him mentioning anything about the Knicks. And now every time you turn on uh, ESPN, he's like raving about the Knicks who, you know, they should fire. Well, OK, but you know what? But, but, but the reason for that is he was a he was a beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. So Stephen A. has always been a Knicks fan. I know because I met him back in the 90s for the first time. That's when I met him for the first time when he was a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And one of the first conversations I ever had with the man standing on the court uh, in Philly was his New York background and the Knicks. So he's always been a Knicks fan, but you know, again, when you're a, when you're a beat reporter for another NBA right. team, you know, you don't go and especially a rival, you, you know, you, that's not stuff that you broadcast, you know? All right. Agreed. Agreed. But it just, it just, I find it annoying. <laughs> what can I tell you? Well, he's a New Yorker. Uh, he's always been a Knicks fan and you know, he's, he's a New York sports fan. He, he doesn't hide that from anyone. He's a New York sports fan. I mean, he's the same way about the New York giants. You know, he loves to, you know, he loves dishing on the Cowboys and blah, blah, blah. But uh, <laughs> first and foremost, he's a big-time Knicks fan. Always has been. He's, he's entitled, but uh, it just annoys me. <laughs> That's all I got yeah, tonight, no problem. All right, Have take a good care. evening. Take care. All right. Thank you. And by the way, uh, I will tell you that from an ethical point of view, Stephen A. Smith is an A-plus guy. Okay? Uh, I, I don't know him on that level to make that comment by myself. But I know many people that are very close to Stephen A and they, they rave about him as a person. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not ripping him and his individuality. I'm not ripping him as a person. I'm not saying he's a bad person. What I am saying is in his position, okay. With as many people, that he has in his corner as fans, I think at times he's irresponsible with his use of the race card. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, I think he's irresponsible at times, and I think sometimes he's not even aware of it. That's what I think. 
And, I, and if I if I was in a room with Stephen A. Smith, I would tell him that, and I would give him examples, and we could have a hell of a conversation because I really believe that. I, I believe that he's irresponsible in his position with the use of race in his content to win over arguments. All right. I'm sorry. It, it, it doesn't apply nearly as much as Stephen A thinks it applies. Okay. I mean, I don't know how many other examples we need. Same thing with Kendrick Perkins. Same thing with Jalen Rose talking about Monty Williams, you know, and his termination with Phoenix having to do with race. I mean, that's stupid. It's a stupid comment. It really is. Just it's unbelievable. You know, the narrative about the black quarterback. Can we please move on from that? I mean, it's 2023. Aren't what, six or seven of the top eight players salary-wise in the NFL, black quarterbacks? And yet, you know, there's this notion out there that black quarterbacks are slighted or what a, what a bunch of crap. You know, the reality is that a general manager and a head coach would have freaking Quasimodo as their quarterback if they thought that Quasimodo could get him to the Super Bowl. You think teams give a damn whether the quarterback is white or black? I mean, really? You, you think a, you think an NFL team would rather not win than win with a black quarterback? And yet we always hear about this. Well, black quarterbacks are judged differently. They're Really, they're judged differently? Then how come seven of the eight top players in the NFL Salary-wise, I think it's seven of eight, are black quarterbacks. Really? They're judged differently? You know, maybe they are judged differently. They're judged differently because they get paid more than anybody else. Maybe that's how they're judged differently. It's a bunch of nonsense. And yet, you know, if, if Lamar Jackson, who's an example, when he was going through his contract issues, there were those that went on TV and talked about his race as the reason why he wasn't getting the big contract. What a bunch of crap that is, right? Or or his lack of playoff success, which, you know, that's not an opinion. That's fact. Well, if I, as a white commentator, talk about Lamar Jackson's lack of playoff success, it's not over race, okay? I have nothing to do with the ethnicity of Lamar Jackson, okay? I, I'm, I have nothing to do with that. The fact that he happens to be black and I'm criticizing him is just the way it is. Okay. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, if Lamar Jackson were, you know, white with pink polka dots, I would have criticized him too for his lack of playoff success. Most people, I can't make a blanket statement and say all, most people in the profession of sports media, not all, most do not judge an athlete's ability or lack thereof success or lack thereof based on their skin color. Okay. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And yet I'm just telling you will happen again this year. You know, if one of the uh, starting quarterbacks in the NFL happens to be black struggles and gets criticized, there will be somebody prominently. All right. Some of that we all know on one of the networks that brings race into it. It's a bunch of crap. You know, it's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, Kirk Cousins gets destroyed, correct? He's white. Yes. Jared Goff has been getting killed for years. White. Okay. We can go on and on and on. Matthew Stafford, before he won the Super Bowl two years ago, same thing. I mean, there are many, many more examples I can give you. But we got to stop it with this nonsense. And yet, it will still go on. The question is for how much longer before we, you know, get off this ugly, horrific narrative about the black quarterbacks in the NFL. Stop it already, would you please? Yeah, maybe that was a topic of discussion 20 years ago. 30 years ago, you know, when Doug Williams won the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins, 
you know, I understand that was topical. I understand all of that. I get that. That's a long, 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 long time ago. All right. Let's move on. Okay. Please. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. If you want to get in on the program today, raise your hand and we will do it. Kings playing Summer League against Miami. And then after that game, Ryan and I will be on YouTube. We'll talk about a whole bunch of things. All right, let's get to Zach. Hello, Zach. Welcome to the show today. Hey, Grant, what about these names? Gordon Hayward, DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Brown. I was just trying to think back, and if I remember right, they probably didn't. I don't think those guys performed super well in Summer League, but they all became stars. Are those valid names? Uh, Again, I, I can't recollect how they did in Summer League, so... I can't say yay or nay. I'll just say, okay, maybe you're right. All right. But, but I, I can't remember all the players that played in summer league and whether they were good or whether they weren't good. There are examples, uh, no question of players that were dra- a lottery picks that did not play well in summer league and ended up having very good NBA careers. That, that is, that is true. But I would give you many, many more examples of it being the other way. Gotcha. That's all. Well, all right. Quick call from Zach doing a little research. All right. There you have it. Gave me three names. And again, could very well be true. Now, I don't even know if it it means anything anymore because it just seems to me like the top picks. I'm talking about the lottery picks now in the NBA. They don't play that much in summer league. I mean, what did they shut down Paulo Boncaro? Did they shut down Boncaro last year? Like what, after the first or second game? And then he didn't play. Of course, we knew that Chet Holmgren, you know, he didn't play that much, right? And then he got hurt in the Seattle Summer League or a scrimmage or whatever the hell it was. And I'm I just trying to uh, – Keegan Murray played very well last year. That much we do know, right? Murray was right there as arguably the best player in Summer League. So, again, if you are going to be a top draft pick, you better play well in Summer League. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton was really good in Summer League, was he not? Davion Mitchell was really good in Summer League. I mean, there are, there are many examples just with the Kings. All right, Jimmy Fredette was not. Marvin Bagley was not. Thomas Robinson was not. Right? I mean, there are many examples. Just if you're talking about Sacramento, just look at all of their lottery picks, okay? Because I don't know if there's a team in the NBA that's had more lottery picks than the Kings. Just go look at the players that the Kings took with lottery picks that were underwhelming in Summer League that had a very underwhelming NBA career. Ben McLemore, underwhelming in Summer League, right? 
Jimmer, Thomas Robinson, Bagley. I mean, if I sit and took out a piece of paper and wrote down all the names, the lottery picks that did not look good in summer league would be a lot longer than the picks that did look good. Recently, the Kings picks have played very well in summer league. I mean, just look at the last three years. Murray Mitchell and Halliburton had all played very well in summer league. Excellent. Very well. So, you know, I, I, I think if you are a lottery pick, you better play well in summer league because you're not going against NBA competition. Most of the players that you watch in summer league will never step foot onto an NBA floor. That's the reality. No question about that. And I've also found that, you know, Sophomores, juniors, and seniors, players that have more than one year of college experience also tend to do better in summer league. Not always. Thomas Robinson's a perfect example. What did he play? Three years at Kansas? He was terrible in summer league. Terrible, right? I mean, you were like, oh, wow. Uh oh. I mean, he was awful. So, again, it goes both ways. All right. It does. I think we all, when I say we all, I'm kind of generalizing. People put way too much in a summer league. Summer league means nothing. Summer league is a, a big event. It's a moneymaker for the NBA. It's an excuse for people to go hang out in Vegas for a couple of days. Okay, get away from home. Hey, I'm going to Vegas. Yeah, because the NBA summer league. Going to gamble a little bit, hang out, you know. I would say go to the pool, but it's too hot to go to the pool. Seriously, that's what NBA Summer League's about. The games itself, really, to be quite honest with you, got to be the most boring things in the world. I mean, the NBA Summer League games, I don't know if there's, if you really want to take a nap, turn on an NBA Summer League game. Boy, they're awful. They really are awful. Terrible. But the league does a great job. I will say that about the league. They really do. They do a phenomenal job putting on this every year. They, they do. It's a big money maker. Here, here's the other deal. Think about this. It's July, right? The uh, MLB All-Star game is next week. Anybody talking about baseball? Nope. Maybe Mike Trout's surgery. Nobody's talking about baseball. What's everyone been talking about for the whole week in the sports world? What's What's been the number one topic? The NBA. NBA free agency, right? What was the topic? The week before, what was the big news? NBA draft. So, you know, the league does do a good job with all of these things. They really do. And now, when Victor Wembenyama makes his summer league debut, that will be the lead story on every single sports program in America. Even if he makes his debut the night of the All-Star game. The All-Star game will not be the lead story. I can guarantee you that. No way in the world. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls and we say hello to Ron. Hey, Ron. Ron, you there? All right, Ron, I'll put you. Ron, you there? All right. Ron, you were there at the end, so raise your hand again and I'll put you back on. All right? Right right when I put you back in the audience. All right, here we go. Go ahead, Ron. You're on with Grant Napier. Go ahead. Ron, Ron, last Brent, chance. can you yeah, hear me? Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Woo. Just made it. Yeah. I'm on my way to the, uh, California classic with my son. And he's like, gosh, what is Grant's doing a grant rant right now on uh, summer league? He's like, I'm having some fun watching. We went out, uh, on Monday and watched and it was just entertaining kind of being there with the, uh, the crowd, good atmosphere. It was fun seeing Keegan, yep. even though I agree with you that he should not be playing. He's the best player. And, in, in yep. at least the summer classic, but uh, it was entertaining. We had some nice seats. Hey, I'm, not, with, I, I'm not. on. Yeah. I'm not on. I'm not on the air telling people not to go to summer league. I'm not. I'm not doing that at all. I think the California Classic is an excellent idea. I think it's been a huge success, and I think it's great for Sacramento. And I think people should go out and enjoy it. I'm not telling people don't go out and watch it. I'm just saying what I've. Uh, noticed over many years of covering the summer league 
as it pertains to lottery picks and the quality of games in Vegas. They are, they're not very good, and lottery picks are playing less and less every year in summer league. I mean, last year is a perfect example how many of the top guys were shut down after just a game. You know, I, I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, my son's a Heat fan, so he wanted to see their pick. Hi, man. He did uh, really well. He looks legit. And then, you know, of course, being Sacramento people, we wanted to see uh, Ford play, and he did really well. So it was fun watching him out oh, good. the court. So why yeah. is he a Miami fan? Help me out with that. <laughs> Tell him why you're a Miami fan. Uh, Kings weren't in the playoffs too much early on in my childhood, and uh, Dwayne Wade was a big a big uh, guy in my life uh, watching basketball okay. growing up. So kind of grew up watching him. Became a Heat fan. Still rode with the Kings, but I just, you know, the culture, I love the way they play over there. And I think that's yep. contagious to a lot of people, even uh, coaching basketball, which what I do today, try to implement those. Well, you, that, that I, that's well said. They, they are easy to root for. They do things the right way. They have um, a phenomenal person running their franchise in Pat Riley, and that is an easy franchise to root for. So that's a good answer. It makes a lot of sense to me. And Dwayne Wade, I mean, you could do a lot worse than having a guy that you really looked after or looked up to than Dwayne Wade. I mean, he was a tremendous professional, played the game the right way. And so I get all of that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, hey, Grant, it was nice chatting with you, and uh, hopefully we'll have a little fun. We're just going to the Kings game tonight. Good. I think I would probably have been sleeping at the other ones, like you said, but we're interested in this one because it's got Miami and Sacramento, so it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, good. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. All right, Grant. Thank you take you. care. Thank you. You know, again, I I have a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the couple of years I did the summer league games in Sacramento, on ESPN and NBA TV, it was great. I loved it. It required a hell of a lot of work on my part because most of the players that I was watching, I had never seen before and didn't know anything about. So, I mean, it required a lot of preparation. So I do remember that part of it. And we were doing, you know, double headers every day. But I enjoyed it. And the fans were great. I mean, Sacramento, the, the, Sacramento should always host every summer. All right. No other team should be hosting that in the California Classic. Sacramento should be the host city. Why? Because they do the best job. They get the most people to go to the games. That's why. So good for you, Ron. I, I hope you and your son uh, enjoy that tonight. I hope so. All right. Again, if you want to get in on the program, uh, raise your hand and we'll do it. Don't forget, speaking of Summer League, after the game tonight, at 9 o'clock, I will be on YouTube. Ryan's going to join me uh, if you don't like that. So that is coming your way at 9 o'clock. As far as Keegan Murray goes, I don't understand the point of him being in Summer League. Like, wh what is the point? Just to sell tickets? Really? You're going to use a guy that was one of your best players last year, first-team All-NBA rookie, and you're going to have him play in two games? In Sacramento, that's the main attraction. Well, I thought the main attraction of Summer League were the rookies and free agents. That's what I thought Summer League was for. I, I'm not a fan of that. All right, we say hello to John. Hello, John. Grant, how are you on this Wednesday? I'm good, buddy. I hope you had a great fourth. Uh, it was pretty good, pretty unassuming. I pretty much stayed near the house and went on the roof to watch the fireworks with, without going out too far. And it was a absolute freaking war zone, war zone, worse than a war. It was incredible. I heard that. I heard it was pretty crazy. Oh man, it, it was freaking nuts. And I lived around here for, you know, over 30 years, however long it's been. And this has been, yeah, I heard it was pretty, I heard it was pretty crazy. I, I saw some of the videos uh, from like, you know, the tower cams at the TV stations and stuff. And I was like, Whoa, yeah, it was pretty amazing, man. It yeah, it was it was incredible, man. I, like I like I said, I was on my my roof. Well, part of my roof. I got a detached garage that has that eight hundred foot little studio on it, and then it's got a somewhat flat roof. It's like four or five degrees. So my wife and I were up there instead of going to a a, a show, you know, around the neighborhood yep. or around the city yep. or something. And man, the, everything yep. we saw up there was more than we possibly would have been able to see 
going to any one of the yep. fireworks shows. It was something else. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Weekend is pretty unassuming and, and pretty nice. Um, hey, I first want to uh, say about Ron and Ron Jr. who just called. That's awesome. He's taken his son. His son sounds like he might be older than him. I'm wondering how old he is. How old are you, Ron Jr.? <laughs> well, yeah. he's 15. I'm, I'm guessing 15 and 16. He's got a nice deep voice, though. He, he uh, had a voice for radio. Keep it up, guys. That was fun to hear a, a first-time caller. Or maybe a first-time. Yeah, I don't know. Stuff. I didn't recognize him. That was cool. Um, Amen. Stephen A. Smith, he's, uh, you know, what can I say, a jackass on the air? Because on the air, he is. However, I've never met him. You've got a lot of respect for him off the air and so forth. So, and I defer to your judge of character, Grant, on that, because I've never heard him say, well, I don't know, maybe not never, but 90% of the things I hear him say, I disagree with, or at least disagree with the uh the method the method of his of his outreach mm-hmm. it's always got to be political why can't it just be about sports and about people or about or racist racist or political it's turning me off more and more and more every time you know every time i listen to him or hear him or anything the only solace i get is that you have respect for him grant and where you get it i'm not sure but you know i trust your trust your job. well I, you know what i've i've been in his presence uh, a number of times. I've talked to him privately a few times, and there are people that I know that are very close to him uh, yeah. that swear about him. So that's good enough for it. me. Yeah, I hear you. I believe it, Grant. And I that's hey, that's why I take your uh, judge of character into content when when I think about him because you know, like I said, there's rarely anything I agree, but it's not like I won't listen to his points whether I agree or not, but it's just getting too much for me. And like you said, I rarely watch ESPN, you know, live events, you know, Wimbledon's on. I mean, I love tennis, you know, and stuff like that, but I just can't watch almost any of the, I like watching NBA today, but then you get Perkins on there and, and, you know, I don't disagree with everything Perk says, but I don't agree with everything. And it's just a turnoff. ESPN's kind of a turnoff. But your show, yep. Grant, is a turn on, and and hearing Young Ron, well, and and his pop call in on the way down to the California Classic, that's that's great to hear, man. That is great to hear, and and I got to agree with you. Every year, it should be at Golden One Center every yes. single year, and even if they yep. want to do something at Staples or or whatever they call it down there now, or yep, anywhere else, there should at least at very least be four to six teams, and uh. Golden One Center. It's a great atmosphere. It it's fun. Even just watching the boring stuff on TV, it's just fun for us here in SAC. And as for Keegan, I know he's he's doing. He wouldn't do it if he didn't want to do it. And he's obviously having fun do it, doing it. But he's obviously also the best player on the floor anytime that he's on the floor. Yeah, no question about that. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, good hearing from you. You enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thanks very much. Hey, Grant, real quick, any update on yeah. your lawsuit? Uh, no, there's a hearing uh, in a couple of weeks, so I'll update you after the hearing. Glad to hear it, buddy. Thanks for taking the call. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, bud. Bye-bye. All right, let's move along, and uh, we get to uh, more phone calls right here with uh, Trent. Hey, Trent. Hey, good afternoon, Grant. Um, I was hearing you talk about you know, the pay uh, stuff with ESPN and, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman getting all this money. Do you think that's going to deteriorate the uh, the actual production of the broadcasts? And actually, no. Okay. And no, my- you know what? It's a great. It's a very good question, but it will not affect the quality. Uh, they have all the bells and whistles, all the cameras, all the technology. Networks do not cut back on that stuff. So it's a good question, but no, I do not think so in any way, shape, or form. Because the reason why I ask is because, you know, golf tends to have a lot. I mean, I listen to the No Laying Up podcast, and they're always talking about how terrible the television coverage is, whether it's on CBS or NBC, and they're not, they don't have enough cameras on the ground to actually get quality footage of, of how severe the greens are, something like that. I, I, was just, I was just curious about that. And ESPN's doing... Um, I think, are they still doing the major championship sort of uh, rounds for the first and second round? 
sort of thing. I mean, they got the British Open coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know the. I don't know who's. I, I think they're doing rounds one and two. Um, I'm not positive, but I think they are. I believe they are. That's I'm, cool. I'm, That's I'm, cool. I'm, I, I, unless they lost that contract, but I believe they do rounds one and two. I believe they do. That's cool. And then one other question I had: I, how much of a bust was Purvis Ellison on the Kings? Uh, huge. He was a he was a big time bust for being the number one pick on the draft. Although. You know, that draft class was not very good. Now, in retrospect, Sean Elliott had a good career. Stacey yeah. King was in that. But that draft, that draft class was not that strong, those picks that year. And Purvis Ellison, definitely a bust, no doubt about it. All right, Grant. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Have a great day. And thanks a lot for uh, John, Johnny No Helmet. I love that guy. Thanks a lot. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Don't forget, 9 o'clock tonight over on YouTube if you don't like that. All right? Join Ryan and I. Nine o'clock tonight over there. Appreciate you joining here on an open forum Wednesday. And again, a couple hours will be over on YouTube. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.